Welcome into the Empty Battle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, alongside my co-host, Zane. Today, we're going to be talking about the recap of the NFL and college slate that happened this past weekend. Of course, we're also going to be talking about college basketball a little bit as well. We're going to start off like we do every show with the drinks of choice that we have. I'm pretty excited because Zane is continuing his college beer power rankings today. Zane, do you want to kind of just recap uh, the first two beers you have and then uh, what you're drinking today too? Yeah, for sure. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Um, if you if you missed our previous episodes, my number five college beer was Bush Light. Coming in at number four was Bud Light. And today at number three, we have Natural Light. Um, another one of those, you know, near beers. You got, you know, just littered on frat row. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, cans of natty light just everywhere another inexpensive beer just a, co- a college staple i think we might have had it coming through a couple water fountains at ball state oh so, my god natty um, natty ice man doesn't get any you know more staple college than that yeah <laughs> natural light uh yeah just what it was close you know the top three are, are pretty neck and neck um but uh natty lights one that um kind of Bud Light I kind of had to get to the fourth or fifth one I was like that was pretty good you know yeah that's a that's when you're upgrading that's when you're having a nice night is the Bud Light you know it's it's still cheap enough to be uh you know considered a delicacy at uh college yeah the the Natty Light's just so watered down and you just keep throwing them back it's just (laughs) not even a problem so yeah Coming in at number three is uh, Natty Light. Uh, what do you have tonight, Dan? Today I got 312. Uh, it's a wheat ale out of Chicago. Goose Island makes it. And, uh, of course, hence the 312, our area code here in Chicago. So I really like it. It's something, you know, if now that I uh, post out of college, you know, it's a little bit more available. And uh, I, I usually seek it out because I'm, I'm not, I told you I'm not a fan of IPAs. I just don't like hoppy drinks. So I, this is my staple beer. Yeah, it's the uh, yellow label, right? That's, I don't think they're green and a yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yellow label. Yellow label. Yeah, I like that. I really like that one. That one's good. Yeah, so it, you really can't go wrong with it. Uh, it's, it's not as easy to down, you know, uh, like Natty Ice or, you know, Bud Light or something. But it's, uh, it's a good beer to sip on for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to move into the headlines for this week, and we have a couple of good ones. Uh, one, we have a little hometown flavor, and then we got some college football. Our first one, Kyle Schwarber, 2016 World Series hero. His contract was non-tender, so he is now a free agent. Zane, when you saw this news, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Were you surprised? Uh, not really that surprised. Certainly, his performance has tailed off. Yeah. I mean, you just remember you just remember him in 2016 putting balls on Waveland, you yeah. know, putting him, putting him over the Budweiser side. Just an absolute beast. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't cash in on that trade value because probably ever since um, his performance has started to you know right. tail off. He's been an average defender as well. Um, obviously, being in the NL, we can't just stick him. Uh, in the DL spots, um, been an average defender, but I think um, it's probably the right decision. Uh, I was looking through the free agents list, and there's not too many headline names if we're trying to get you know younger. Um, yeah, because it's out in left field, but maybe Jock Peterson. I- I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, it's so difficult to find a left-handed power hitter, and I know his like stats were tailing off, but it's going to be hard to replace him. 
And he, it's not like he was making, you know, boo-boo bucks. I, I think he was making $8 million a year, which is, is not cheap, but it's also, you know, not Joe Judge or not. Uh, it's not uh, Aaron Judge Aaron money Judge. or it's not like Mike Trout yeah. money or anything. So, uh, and, and for those who, who don't remember, um, I said World Series hero because he actually was injured for most of the 2016 season because he tore up his knee when he collided with Dexter Fowler in the outfield, I think like two or three games in. And then he was out all the way until the World Series when he hit like 500 and had a, a, a couple of RBIs. And yeah, I mean, so that legend will live on forever. Zane, do you have a, a favorite specific moment for from him, his time as a Chicago Cub? Uh, I don't know if I can recall the favorite moment, but like I said, I, I remember him hitting one over the scoreboard one time. Just blast. It was definitely a playoff game, too. It was yeah, a big moment. I, I, he, I actually picked, he put one over the scoreboard. I actually picked the um, same one. It was the Budweiser sign. It was game four. Yeah, that's what it was. It was game four of the NLDS in 2015 against the Cardinals. The Cubs beat the, Car- uh, yeah, the, Cubs beat the Cardinals that year to advance to the National League Championship Series uh, where they lost to the Mets, but it was awesome because that was at Wrigley Field and the Cubs clinched it that night and he just hit a monster moonshot and just the, the stadium just like levitated above, you know, once the, the, yeah, the ball he left just the hit bat. an absolute moon ball. Oh my God. So, yeah, yeah. You know, he, no matter the fact that he was, you know, not as great as 2016 or before, you know, 2015, he's always going to be like on that mural of the 2016 Cubs. You know, he, he's going to, it's like the 85 bears. The, that's pretty much what those 2016 yeah, Cubs are. And he's, and he's going to be known as an integral there. part of that. So our next headline that we got today is the game, which is the rivalry rivalry game between Michigan and Ohio state. The college football game was canceled due to COVID today. And man, it's, it wasn't going to be a close game because Ohio state is, they're pretty good. Like they have in the past few years, but Michigan has just been, garbage this year so it wasn't going to necessarily be a big game but what matters is that Ohio State might not have enough games I actually don't think they have enough games now to play in the Big Ten championship game so now they're going to play a lesser team and it's not going to look good for the college football playoff Zane do you think they deserve to be in the playoff if they just play one more game I think they're good enough to be in the college football playoff but I, I don't think it's enough to be honest I don't think it's enough um, and, um, we got a lot of undefeateds behind them and a, a lot of one losses, yeah. you know, seven and one, eight, eight and one is a, is a great record right now. I, I think Ohio State's out of games. If I'm being honest, I, even if they're undefeated at seven and zero oh or whatever it is, they could be no. six and zero oh if they win, uh, the, of, they yeah, if they win next weekend, the, they're only getting one, they're more only game. getting one more game. Okay. So six and oh, yeah, Sorry, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's not enough. Especially, especially with Coastal Carolina lurking, <laughs> oh, it's, it's not enough. They're nipping at their but, heels, man. Yeah, no, but I mean Texas A and M and Florida sitting there at seven and one, eight and one. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, to be honest, I think we should reward the teams that have uh, really been strict about their protocols this year, and it, it's almost uncontrollable. But I think you should reward them for getting through those games, being disciplined, and and. If, and have won more games, played more games. I don't think six and yeah, I, I agree. I just don't think it's enough. And I know talent wise, they should be in the top four, but they still haven't played enough games. And this was the argument when 
college football got suspended, or at least in the Big Ten and Pac-12, you know, like the Ace, the Big 12 and the SEC, they started in September, and they gave a bunch of bye weeks to the teams because they knew that there was going to be suspensions and cancellations. You know, I know we can't do it this week, but maybe in December we can play these games. Well, the SEC and the ACC, they're getting these games in because they started their season much earlier. The Big Ten is just kind of out of luck because they gave themselves, all right, you have 10 weeks, and if you don't get your your nine or 10 games in, then you're just out of luck. And the Big Ten is going to cost themselves, this team in the college football playoff, and out of a lot of money. So Kevin Warren, uh, first year as Big Ten commissioner, really shot himself in the foot here. But um, Zane, who do you think should replace them if they do it's gotta, drop it, out? Yeah, it, it's got to be Texas A&M. Florida or Cincinnati. Those are the three candidates. Um, Iowa State's there at seven, but the two losses and one was to the raging Cajuns, <laughs> like Cyclones or something. Something just unacceptable. Um, so I'm really not sure why they're in seven. Hey, the raging Cajuns, they're in 19th place right now. Yeah, but... no, that's just unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think it's got to be Texas A and M, Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm buying for Cincinnati. Dude, I'm on the train. I'm just saying. I'm on the Cincinnati train. Give them a shot. Give them. A I will shot. say if, uh, yeah, Cincinnati or Florida. Florida is going to have to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game uh, to try to get in, and that's a win in your end. Yeah, easily yeah. And then Texas A and M has just so. got to hope that uh, Florida loses, and then that Ohio State doesn't play enough games or Clemson loses again to Notre Dame. That way they can just kind of slide in at the end. Uh, I, they're not playing in the SEC championship game, but they can Florida, slide in back. Florida's going to Florida's gonna lose that game. If And even if Florida loses that game, I think an eight, uh, whatever, nine and oh, 10 and oh, Cincinnati, you got to put them in. You got to give the little guy a shot. At some point it's, they got to the give him a year. shot. It's the perfect year because You've got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and this is like, I mean, put them in, put them in, give them and, a shot, let them, let them play. And we talked place, about you know? this though, like Cincinnati can't ruin it though. It's, they can't just get bulldozed when they go up against Alabama because the college football playoff yeah. will never again put another group They'll of never five let in there if in. they just get hosed in like the first quarter. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so on to our one of my favorite segments, My Back Hurts. This is where we talk about a player who carried their team this past weekend or week. I had Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns in the first half, threw for 334 yards, 25 of 33 completions. Man, and that was against a respectable Titans defense. I was very surprised. I had to do a double take when I saw that as Baker Mayfield putting up those stats. Yeah, he really had a really good game against uh, a Titans team. I think we both picked the Titans to win that game. Um, that's a great pick. He, yeah, four. I think four touchdowns in the first half actually. So they were they were pretty much on coast mode in the second yeah. half. I mean, I, I think they're getting mostly garbage points. I don't really think the Browns are trying that hard. Um, but yeah, that yeah, was that's a great pick. Yeah, I, I really. I mean, in the Browns have a quiet nine and three record right now. They they have like one of their best seasons in like you know a couple decades and like I feel like nobody's really talking about it and I think that's probably a good thing because usually the Browns are like hyped up in the preseason and then they go like five and eleven or you know four and twelve and it's just you know they just are terrible so I think the fact that nobody's talking about them is actually helping them. 
Yeah, yeah, most likely. I mean, yeah, we, we kind of forgot about them. It's the Ravens and the Steelers in that division, and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, all, all of a sudden they, they're just, what, they're 9-3. and three. They're a prime spot for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely, yeah, that's a great – Great call, great call. Yeah, they put themselves in the in the playoff hunt for sure, and they'll they'll get a good seed. Saying, so, who did you have this week for your my back hurts? Yeah, so for my back hurts, um, I chose somebody on my fantasy team. Um, I ended up going with Jared. Um, yeah, yeah, Jared Allen. No, not Jared Allen. What what's his name? Shoot. Uh, the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. QB? Yeah, what the heck is I? It, it is Allen, isn't it? Yeah, but is it Jake or is it, it's not Jake it's Allen? It's not Jake Allen. I thought it was uh, Jared Allen, maybe? Is it Jared Allen? No. no is that, the... that can't be it. Wait, I don't know. <laughs> that, that can't be I literally had it written down. Why did I, why did I forget his name? I, I See, here's the, here's the problem. I knew his name until you questioned me about it. Because, like, he was all over the TV today. <laughs> Dude, I literally had it. Like, uh, what, what would that – Josh Allen. Josh oh Allen. my okay. God. Right. Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, I had it prepped. Wow, that's just a complete. That's a meatball play right there. <laughs> meatball play of the week. Oh right my there. God, does yeah put Zayn on the meatball plays for this week? <laughs> Josh Allen, my God, just a completely blank on his name. Yeah, three hundred and seventy-five yards, four TDs against the San Francisco team. That while without a quarterback is definitely respectable. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm. I was really, really impressed with uh, Josh Allen. They kind of, like we talked about. The Bills kind of had that slump, but after that, they've been like roaring ever since. And I think he played really, really well this week. Yeah, they're like the little engine that could, man. It's 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 awesome to see. It's because yeah, I'm a fan of Bills Mafia up in New York there, and they got a crazy fan base. So it's just kind of fun to see the underdog team. It's it's finally fun to see a non-Patriots team challenge for the. AFC East crown and be a real title contender. Yeah, no, I agree. And then you even have the Miami Dolphins who are playing really well. Although the Patriots, I, I think they look like they might've turned it around. I mean, they just absolutely stomped the Chargers this week. Yeah, it was the Chargers. Um, so I mean, we know what they are. Yeah, but they, they shut them out. They had zero points. That's true. That's so. true. I mean, they're at least, they're a really good X's and O's team. They, they don't have the firepower, but they're a great, well-coordinated team and you can expect that out of the Bill Belichick team you know they're not going to go down easy although let's remember that the Jets did come close to beating them also yeah yeah absolutely you know what that's true but uh, I I they got Gilmore back I think the Patriots are are, are kind of sneaky good sneaky good right now I think the Patriots are a little sneaky good I wouldn't want to play them Um, in the playoffs if they made it I wouldn't because you know the Patriots aren't going to make any mistakes. They're just going to exploit all the ones you make. And they might, you know, you might be able to run them out of the gym. But, I mean, if you turn it over a couple times and give them good field position, then, oh, man, you're in a world of hurt. So, uh, speaking of speaking of the Jets, I just mentioned, that is actually my meatball play of the week. Saying, did you see the Jets and what happened in the final seconds of the Las Vegas Raiders and New York Jets game this past weekend? I did. It was everywhere. Yeah, so for those who didn't see, the Jets were about to get their first win of the year. The Raiders had to throw a Hail Mary because that's all they had left. It was not enough to get a field goal. They had to throw a Hail Mary for the touchdown. The Jets decided to 
do a seven-man blitz on the last play of the game, which left their rookie corners and safeties on an island. Actually, no, the safeties got sent in the blitz, so it was just the corners left. And Henry Ruggs III just completely burned his fellow, the fellow rookie, I think, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. a rookie, rookie cornerback on the Jets completely got burned by Henry Ruggs III. And that was game right there. Raiders, uh, Derek Carr threw a touchdown pass on that play. And the defensive coordinator for the Jets, Greg Williams, got fired the next morning. And I think he's just a scapegoat. I know he called the play, but that still has to go through Adam Gase, right? Because, like, he hears that coming through the headset, and he's just like, wait, what? You yeah. want to send a blitz? And he okayed it. Like, he didn't stop it. Well, he doesn't, I don't know if he has enough time to stop it. I mean, Greg Williams calls the defense. I mean, Adam Gase hears it, but he you know, he, he never questions any of his calls. True. And while, while, I, while I do think it's a meatball play on um, Greg Williams' part, and but it's just like, if you're the cornerback, too, I mean, just turn around and sprint. Just sprint <laughs> yeah. to the end zone. Just turn around and sprint. Like, who cares if he does a double move or a in? if he does an in route and he gets – I think they're at the 46-yard line. Who cares if they get 45 yards? You just can't get a touchdown. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's so funny. You know, it's a perfect meatball play. But I, I think it's a meatball play on the Jets, tragically. Yeah. Because and I th- it's just like everybody on the defense just turn around and run to the end zone. And, and form a wall. Just form a wall. Right. That's all you have to do. Also, it's kind of, it's like, that pass rush was not good at all. Because Derek Carr, you know, he, he popped open a beer and was listening to our podcast while he was back in the pocket. Yeah. Waiting for no Henry doubt, Ruggs no to doubt. get down the field. Like, I mean, he had all day back there despite seven men rushing him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He literally just stepped up and then he just hucked it. Like, he had a clean pocket. He just stepped right up and just hucked it out there. And, um... Yeah, definitely a candidate for Meatball Play of the Week. Yeah, I also think but, it's kind uh, of an indictment on the Raiders that they went – the Jets pretty much won the game. Uh, they kind of blew it themselves. And I think the Raiders are overrated this year. I mean, they're 7-5. Yeah. and they're, they're in a playoff positioning. Or, but I just don't think they're that great of a team. I, I think they, they're slightly – I think they're slightly overrated, and I think they're sli- they slightly play to their competition. Yeah. Because if you remember two weeks ago – they got absolutely blown out by the Falcons, who are not a good team. Right. Um, so I, I, I think they're getting caught in trap games. Obviously, they escaped this one with a win. Um, but I think they're playing, like you said, they're a little bit overrated, and I think they're playing through their competition a little bit. Yeah, they played the, they beat the Chiefs this past year. That's the Chiefs' only loss. So you know exactly. you can't and then, take. And then they lost. They only lost to the Chiefs by like seven the second time. Yeah, you can't take the uh, those two games away from them. So uh, Zane, who did you have, or what team did you have for your meatball play of the week? Uh, my meatball play of the week. We actually talked about this uh, live. That you had let me know while we were you know uh, playing PlayStation or whatever. A bitch Trubisky fumble at this our own the Bears' own <laughs> oh, seven man. yard line strip sack. Gets strip sacked. The Bears are up 30 to 27 at this point with 146 left in the fourth quarter. And Trubisky drops back to pass, gets strip sacked. Lions get the ball, end up scoring, you know, the go ahead touchdown to win. Um, and that's the end of it. And I just can't believe, like, I guess the strip. I'm looking at it, I'm like, you got to know to keep that ball secure. The only thing, the only thing you can't do right there is get sacked, throw a pick. Or you know, take a safety or whatever. Like those are the those are the things you cannot. Zane, do. why are they passing the ball at that point? 
You're supposed to be running the clock down. You're supposed to be just running it down their throats. You. This was actually one of the few games they actually had success running the ball. Why would you be – I know Mitchell Trubisky actually had a pretty good, good game passing, but you still need to run down the clock. Yeah, I don't – I really don't understand why the teams don't have halfback dives in the playbook. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the number one play in Madden. Like, just take it – just steal it from Madden. It's halfback dive. If you run the ball right there, I know it's third and four. You're trying to get the first down. If you get the first down, game's over, right? Lions have two timeouts at this point. But if you run the ball right there, the Lions either burn a timeout and it's at a minute 30 or they let it run down and you punt it and they're at a minute left right there to go down to the score. They have to get a touchdown. It's like you got to run the ball. You got to force the Lions' hands. And then actually play to the strength of your team, which yeah, defense. make make Matt Stafford try and beat you. I, he's a great quarterback, and they they need a they need a touchdown. Right. They need a touchdown, not a field goal, a touchdown. And uh, I'll we'll I'll talk more about this in the barometer. But there's a, a crazy stat that I think will make you even more upset about uh, that game. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it though, because I, I feel like we'll both have that on our barometer uh, this week. So uh, we'll go on to the next segment. Pulled my hammy, which is teams getting upset by other teams or, uh, you know, a player losing to another player, whatever the sporting event is. And this week we have three pulled my hammy games of upsets. We'll go with the NFL first because there were two games there. The Seattle Seahawks lost to the New York Giants and the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Washington football team. That's two NFC East teams winning this week. And the, the Cowboys are playing tonight. And the Cowboys are winning 10-7 to against the Ravens. Who would have thought that the NFC East would be representing this week? Yeah, NFC East really turning it on. The Seahawks, yeah, they looked miserable against the Giants. All, all this talk like, oh, the Giants have a really good defense. No, <laughs> I don't think so. They've been, they've been playing NFC East teams all year. They've been garbage teams. The Seahawks, the Seahawks just didn't play well that game. Uh, you, they looked you like look they didn't the, want to be Russell there. Russell Wilson – yeah, you got to look at Russell Wilson. You know, if you're going to say earlier in the season he's an MVP candidate, uh, you know, he's playing lights out, he's a stud, when they're winning, uh, well, when they're losing to the New York Giants, you got to look at Russell Wilson and say, where did you go? Absolutely terrible performance from him. Yeah. I mean, he, he had that MVP in his pocket. All he had to do was just play decent because the league wants him to get that. They want to spread that love around. Exactly. Patrick Mahomes. Even if Patrick Mahomes had a better season. The league wants Russell Wilson to get it. Yeah. So all he's got to do is have a good right. season. They does not have these types of losses. And uh, mm-hmm. they would have to win out, and he would have to be lights out for them, for him to be considered. Because I think now Mahomes probably has it in his back pocket now. He's, he's not letting go of that thing. And it's just like, man, the, the Seahawks, it, it was just like, I don't know why, but I know they were winning at halftime. I think it was like they were winning 5-0 to zero at halftime because of a safety in the second quarter. But it just looked like it was painful for them to play. Like, they were just like, why are we here, man? What does it matter? It's just the Giants. We can beat these guys in our sleep. Well, you can beat them any other day if you at least try. But if you don't have the heart, you know, those guys get paid too. New York Giants players get paid too. Yeah, and the sad thing is that, I mean, that was not a must win, but the Seahawks are not even winning the NFC West anymore after that loss. I mean, they're tied with the Rams at 8-4, and but the Rams have the tiebreaker. That was a free win for Uh, them. so the Rams are sitting atop them. That was not that was not a game that the Seahawks really could afford to no. lose right there. That was think. a free win for them to go ahead in the standings. A, a, a nice cushion game for them, and they, and they just blew it. 
And I, the Steelers don't have to worry as much about standings except for the AFC overall picture when it comes down between them and the Chiefs, who gets that first round bye. But you're going to pick the Washington football team to lose to? You don't want that first round bye? Because every team wants a bye because they need that rest. Everybody wants that rest. And I, the Washington's a scrappy team. But it's just it, – it felt like the Steelers had seven drop passes that game. It, it felt like they lost that game more than the Washington football team won that game. Yeah, I think that's a – I actually think that's a borderline pulled by Hammy. I think the Steelers' record is a little bit deceiving. I think they're a little bit worse. I, like, I really don't think they're undefeated, like, juggernaut, like, who, who – Yeah. Know? Like, they're just going to stop everybody. I think their record is a little bit deceiving. And I think the Washington football team was trending upward um, just a little bit after that win against Dallas. That team was really you – know, obviously, Dallas isn't that good, but, I mean, they just destroyed Dallas. I think they were trending in the right direction. Um, I think a little bit of a trap game for the Steelers. Um, so, I think there was a borderline pull by Hammy. I mean, I, I wouldn't put money. I didn't put money on it or yeah. anything like that. But I wasn't – I wasn't like totally shocked to see that the Washington football team pulled that one yeah, out. Yeah, the Steelers are. I, I feel like an overrated team. If you kind of look at their record and who they beat, they really haven't. Yeah, I know that people are saying, "Oh, they beat the Ravens." The Ravens aren't that good this year. They were good at the beginning of the season. They're not who we thought they were. Yeah, they're 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 an overrated team for sure. And the Steelers are. They're a great team, but they're not you know eighty five Bears level type of good where they're yeah. going to win out the entire season. They just had a good record. And you know what? You play who's on your schedule. You can't blame them for that. But it's, uh, you know, you can't fall short against an NFC East team. That just can't happen. So our last pull my hammy game is actually in college basketball. This past weekend, Georgia Tech beat number 20 Kentucky. Zane, Kentucky's been upset a couple times. They lost to Richmond earlier. Is Kentucky even a good basketball team? Um, I mean, by by the by the record, no, they're not a good basketball team. Um, and I think this emphasis on team, yeah. Uh, K- Kentucky, you know, brings in high recruits every single year, but like we said, that's the problem. Their turnover is so high, and I think we're seeing guys who really want to who really want to get the spotlight go to different schools. We're no longer seeing everybody just super team. Yeah, at the top at the top programs, you know, Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing a real, you know, diversification of the talent uh, in college basketball, um, and that's Kentucky's problem. They're bringing in these freshmen who are just who, there's no there's no cohesiveness to the team, and obviously this year is a bit different, um, but there's just no cohesion on that team, and and we're gonna really find out if Coach Cal is is a product of all that good talent. Or, you know, or if you could turn this around and really coach these guys to start actually getting wins. Yeah, I mean, I, experience wins out. It, it really does. And it, it, it proves itself time and time again. And, and I know Kentucky won with, you know, Anthony Davis uh, in 2012. I think they won the championship. Maybe I think John Wall was on that team, too, if I don't, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so um, that, that's like a once in a generation time type team you're gonna have the star power year in year out but man you're really gonna get out executed sometimes especially at the beginning of the year now maybe comes march you know maybe they'll have a make a run but when it gets into those you know really tight games and stuff you're still relying on freshmen these kids are still 18 and 19 years old going up against 22 and 23 year olds 
and at that age, that's exactly. that, that's a exactly. that's a big difference. And so I, I so I think I'm putting that on coaching. Like that's what it comes down to right there is is coaching. Um, if you go, if you want those young guys, you have to put them. You have to be able to put them in the positions to win. And clearly, Kentucky's fallen a little bit short this year. Um, you know, long season to turn it around. Or I'm not gonna. <coughs> I'm not going to completely write them off. I think I, I think Coach Cal has proved that he can take any number of guys. I mean, yeah, the turnover is insane. So I, I think he's proved over the years he has what it takes. I think it's just going to take some time, especially this year. Um, I'd expect them to be playing, you know, really good basketball come tournament time. Yeah, the coach, I, he's a good coach. I, I don't doubt it. It's just – you know, you live and die by these guys, you know, so it, these freshmen, which is, which is fine. It's, it's fine. You know, that's, that's his choice, but you gotta, those fans got to accept the losses and, you know, understand that sometimes experience is, is better than the, the star power, especially in college basketball. All right. So we're going to move on to our next segment, which is our box office segment where we talk about one hype game from this past weekend and then one letdown game that did not live up to the hype. We'll start off with the fun stuff first. The hype game for this past weekend. I know it was a blowout early, but the Titans came all the way back and made it interesting at the end. The Browns beat the Titans, though, with Baker Mayfield scoring four touchdowns in, in the first half, and they kind of went into coast mode, but that allowed the Bills uh, – sorry, not the Bills, the Titans to crawl all the way back and make it an interesting game before it was a late turnover by Ryan Tannehill. This was a fun game. I, I like both teams in the playoffs. I would not bet against either team in the playoffs, Zane. Yeah, I agree. I, I do like both teams. I'm very, very surprised that the Titans only, you know, Derrick Henry only had 60 yards rushing. Um, R- Ryan Tannehill did step up, uh, kind of made it into a game. Our man Corey Davis, 11 receptions, 182 yards and a touchdown also showed that's a, out. That's that like game. a career game for him, man. Yeah, that was a that was a great game. I was actually going up against him in fantasy. Oh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, but look at the Browns, 10 points in the first quarter, 28 points in the second quarter, only three points in the second half. That's concerning. Um, the good teams don't let up. The good teams don't even let you get back in it. Um, so that's concerning coming from a a motivational standpoint and also a coaching standpoint, uh, in the playoffs, you can't do that. If you give, if you give a team enough chances in the playoffs, they will come back and they will beat you. That's just the way momentum swings in the playoffs. Um, in the regular season, I think they got away with it here. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I, I do like both those teams in the playoffs, especially with bad weather. They're both run-heavy teams. Um, I'd, I'd look out for both of them for sure. Yeah, really uh, really excited to see what either team can do. And, you know, what? it's a lot easier to coach after a win. And so I'm sure the, the Browns uh, coaches are not that – Didn't man, they lost uh, – I think they, they had a season or two ago that where they only won like two or three games and to have this turnaround is just, man, that, that's crazy. It show it shows the parity that exists in the NFL unlike other leagues. So we're going to move on to the other box office game, which actually never got played. Our letdown game of the week is number one Gonzaga against number two Baylor this past Saturday. It got canceled due to COVID returns. Man, I was foaming at the mouth for this game. I was so excited to have a number one and number two because these, I, I feel like these two teams are on their own tier in college basketball. I think it's these two teams and everybody else. So it was really disappointing to see them not play. 
Yeah, I, I was definitely sad to see that game not happen. Not often you get a one versus two matchup. Um, Would have told us a lot for sure. We've got number three, Iowa battling North Carolina right now. They're only up 65 to 64. That's an exciting game. Uh, like we talked about, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, we're, I think we would have really found out who, who was the yeah. top dog there. Um, you know, because I don't think it would have been, I kind of don't think it was going to be close, actually. Whoever won, I think they were going to dominate and really set themselves apart, and then everybody else can fend for the, you know, number two, two through, you know, six or seven in terms of really being competitive. Um, Kansas just beat Creighton today as well. A lot of, a lot of good college basketball. You got, hey, you got uh, Illinois. Yeah, I'm tonight. excited. That's pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, just that was an unfortunate event because um, I think we're getting some good college basketball. Yeah, we got the Big year. Ten ACC challenges uh, going on uh, today and tomorrow night. So really looking forward to those games going on because Big Ten and ACC, when you think of college basketball, those are probably the two conferences that probably stand out to you when it's like SEC is for football, you know, Big 12 is for football. But when you think of Big Ten and ACC, that, that's college basketball country right there. So a lot of good games going on tonight. Big Ten is loaded this year. Really excited uh, to see those games. So our letdown game, number one, Gonzaga against number two, Baylor. Didn't happen on Saturday due to COVID. So maybe we'll get to see them in the tournament, hopefully. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. So we're going to move on to one of our last segments. This is kind of where we just kind of get stuff off our chest for our favorite teams. And right now it's football season. So, you know, if Zane wants to talk about Ball State or I want to talk about Illinois, we both are Bears fans. And I think we both have a lot to say on the Bears uh, this week. Zane, between kicking the shin and there is a God, which way are you leaning for your barometer this week? I think it's got to be, it's got to be kicking the shin. But at this point, it's just, it uh, my my shin's <laughs> numb. You know, it's still kicking the shin, but my shin's numb for the Bears. Uh, I mean, I guess they kind of owed the Lions one, considering the Bears came back out of nowhere against the Lions in week one yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, they they kind of stole the win. They kind of stole the win, um, as I guess the Lions kind of stole it back uh, for the second game of the series. But it's just it's it's over. I I think there's going to be some serious house cleaning after this season. It has not looked good. It's been all. It's been just. It's been chaos. It's been absolute chaos for the Bears. And I think leadership has to look in the mirror and say, we have not got this under control. We haven't stopped the bleeding at all. Uh, so yeah, just kicking the shit for the Bears after such a promising such start. Such a promising point, start, man. I guess. Like I said, my shin's numb. You would have thought that at the very least, if they wet the bed the rest of the season, they would have still made like one of the final playoff spots, but they've lost six straight. Yeah, that's that. That's why I'm looking at coaching and management. You have to stop the bleeding. You have to rally this team. You have to schematically change something up. You can't be losing to the Lions. It's yeah, not, a couple... not acceptable. Lions are not a competitive team this year. They don't have their head coach. They've gone through turnover. Uh, you need to win that game. So I'm looking at coaching. I'm looking at management. 
something something at the top's got to go. I think we need to start holding people up up at the yeah, top. Yeah, it's not because of lack of talent. I know Trubisky is not the best, but you still got to put him in the best situations possible to succeed. This team a couple of years ago went twelve and four with Trubisky as the quarterback. I know it was pretty much because of the defense, but twelve and four is still twelve and four to be just completely inept like they look right now. That, that's that's like you said on coaches and that's on management. So I'm, I'm right there with Zane. I know his chin's kind of numb. I'm, uh, I know I was talking about last week how I was just kind of apathetic and I wanted the team to lose now to get a better draft position, except the competitive juices took over me in that game I, and this past weekend. I'm leaning towards shoot me in the face. The Bears had a 98.4% chance to win the game. 98.4% to win with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, up 30 to 20 with the ball. They somehow lost that game because Matt Nagy thought, let me pass three times in a row instead of trying to run the ball and run down the clock because time is on your side. You have, it's a two possession game. You would have to shoot yourself in the foot to give the Lions two or three chances to try and score the game. Well, the Bears found a way to do that. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory on Sunday afternoon. And it's just, I, Mitch actually played well. He always plays well against the Lions, and they still found a way to lose, despite him having one of his better games as a Chicago Bear. On top of that, Illinois played Iowa this past week. They were my pick to upset Iowa. They were my um, ride-or-die pick on Thursday. We'll talk about that on Thursday, too, as well, uh, reviewing our picks. Illinois had a 14-0 lead. And they looked dominant. They looked elite in the first quarter. Iowa looked like a group of five, you know, ball state team. (laughs) And Illinois was just (laughs) slapping them around. And then I I turn off the TV because I had to go do something really quick. I turn it back on. Iowa's winning 35 to 14. And it's just like, what the hell happened? How do you, when you're at home, how do you just allow a team to run over you like that? And you just are all, all of a sudden inept at offense and defense. So that's why I'm shooting me in the face this week. And it, uh, the only thing that can save me is Illinois plays Duke tonight and ACC Big Ten Challenge. It's a marquee game. They play tonight. Illinois also plays uh, Northwestern. The football team does on Saturday. And Illinois plays Mizzou in the bragging rights game for basketball on Saturday as well. I, I need all three games to end in a W or I just don't know if my heart can take it man I, I I'm just on the edge here and then the Bears are playing who are they even playing I don't even care who they're playing this week because they're just gonna lose it doesn't matter they're out they're they're out there's they're yeah out. so it, I, they it's there's over. no reason for them to win there's no reason for them to win the owners better hope they lose because it'll just solidify tank. them just getting tank. new uh coaches yeah, and management tank. so Illinois, uh, if Lovey Smith wants to save his job, he'll probably got he's got to win uh, these next two weeks. Lovey Smith needs to go. Lovey Smith needs to go. You've had what? Yeah, like this five is year years five. This is supposed point? to be his best year. Five, uh, year five, you haven't turned things around. You need to go. Absolutely need to go. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, something's got to give, right? At some point, one of these, one of my teams has to win. At some point. You would think just just mathematical probability that we would have to be happy after one of these weeks when we do these barometers. Uh, so 
one day we'll be happy again, but uh, maybe not this week. Hopefully next week I'll come back with a positive, positive mindset. So we're going to move into our final thoughts. Um, the Actually the college football playoff rankings, we kind of touched on that in our headlines. We were talking about Ohio state and their positioning. Uh, the new rankings did come out tonight and it hasn't really, it hasn't moved. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State round out the top four with Texas A&M, Florida, and Iowa State looking in. Iowa State actually jumped Cincinnati because Cincinnati didn't have a game this past week. And so you wonder if they lose a spot because they didn't play a game, does Ohio State start to lose positioning because they're not playing games? Do they eventually get, you know – vaulted by Texas and Texas A&M or Florida because they're not playing enough games. It might just be a matter of time, right? Yeah. After this week, I think Ohio state does get jumped actually. Um, Iowa state's an interesting case though. I I mean, they seriously, they got boat raced by Louisiana. I mean, 31 to 14. That's a, that's a, that's what you, that's a bad loss. So, you know, we talk about, you talk about good, you know, some teams have good quality wins and then you have bad losses. That's a bad. That's a bad loss. Um, they have, and they're a two. They're a two loss team, which is the problem. Um, so I don't know how you how you sneak them in there into the top four. Has any two loss teams? I mean, I mean, I know they lost the they, they lost to Oklahoma State, which was number uh, number six at the time, only by three. But but the fact that Oklahoma State's nowhere now is. It does not bode well for them. I mean, they're twenty. They're ranked twenty second. They've got three losses, so that that went from a quality win to a, I mean, a, a good win, pretty meh. I, I don't know how you could sneak them into the top four over an undefeated Cincinnati over a Florida if they beat Alabama. There's no way. There's absolutely no way you put no. them in over them, and even over a one loss Texas A and M. So I think, I think ISU is on the outside looking in. If it if all holds, I would still love to see Cincinnati. I would love to see it, man. I I need it. it. I feel like we got to get one of these underdog teams in there at some point. We do. We got Cincinnati. We got Coastal Carolina lurking. (laughs) They're nipping at the heel. They passed up Northwestern uh, today, which I I thought was interesting. Ten and zero, Coastal Carolina. Did you did you see the last play of that game against yeah, BYU? Yeah, right BYU had a chance to win. Yeah, it, or at least... literally got it to the yeah, one yard Coastal line. Carolina, I think some got they, he got swallowed up by like four different players. But man, yeah, oh, it was literally right oh, there. You, you could oh, taste it. I that's got to be so just. Oh my gosh, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was a crazy yeah. game. So props sure. to Coastal Carolina. If they went out, I could see them being top ten. I I can't see them vaulting since. There's no way they get it. They don't get a no, shot. No, they, they don't get they a don't. shot. They've, sure, they've but... played on a softer schedule than BYU or Cincinnati has because they're just in a softer division, which is it, it's fine. I mean that, that's that's their division. I understand they can only play who's on their schedule, but if they're trying to make the college football playoff, then they got to start scheduling Miami or you know Iowa or North Carolina in some of these games to try to get in that conversation Uh, so uh, I know we're running up against the clock here but I did want to add one more final thing into our final thoughts Uh, today it was announced that breakdancing was added to the Olympics for the 2024 Paris games Uh, Zane are uh, is 
is that a good thing in your mind? Is that like, do you think that should be Olympic sport or are you just like, what are they doing right now? Um, I don't know. I I don't want, I won't disrespect anybody who's worked their entire life to become an elite rank dancer. So I think, I think it'd be fun. I think it's a nice, I think it's a nice change of pace. Um, I would maybe watch one or one or two competitions. Um, Really, it's just all about, you know, like country yeah. camaraderie. Like, you know, it's like one or two guys from each country. Get get behind those guys. It's fun. I, I think it's fun. I, I mean, I don't think they should dilute the Olympics and what it takes right. to get there um, with by adding just, you know, any Joe Schmo game or event. Um, but I think it'd be I think it'd be fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm down. Hey, for man, it. if they're flying that United States flag, you know I'm watching, man. Yeah, you know we're out there. USA, <laughs> USA. Doesn't matter what the competition is, man. We're out there. I don't care flag, if I'm man. in the nosebleeds, man. If I'm in the nosebleeds, you know, watching breakdancing, you know I'm going to be decked out in USA gear, just cheering on our, our country. Exactly. Man. It's all about the USA. I don't care if it's baby. mosquito racing, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, I. So uh, that's our that's our show pretty much. Uh, one last thing is we're going to talk about our drinks. Zane, how was your drink today? Uh, good. I mean, Natty Light just takes you back. Um, seriously, uh, another 30-rack beer uh, solidifies itself as the number three OI power ranking. Stay tuned for the episode next Tuesday where I reveal my number two college beer on the power rankings. Um, but, yeah. Uh, finished my first one already on the second one. Um, definitely a good throwback. All right. So Bush Latte, Bud Light, and now we got Natty Ice, Natural Ice here. Round it up. Just, just, no, just nat- Natty just Light. Natty Light. Okay. They're, they're, yeah, they're oh, different. Okay, okay. They're different. Yeah. All right. So Zane has his uh, college power rankings next week. So tune in for that. I had my 312. I finished it. Great beer. I'd recommend it, especially if you're not into. If you're into ales, but you're not into the hoppy uh, flavors, this is the beer for you. So I, I thoroughly recommend that. So uh, we'll be on next, I think, Thursday or Friday. We'll, we'll see how the week goes and what games are on. Maybe we'll wait an extra day, depending um, the college games and uh, the and the Thursday night football games, see how those go. So we hope you join in, and we had a lot of fun talking with you guys, and we hope you guys finish your drinks with us. So we'll talk to you guys soon.